Heavenly Father, use the words that I speak for your glory. Amen. A woman was walking along the beach when she stumbled upon a genie's lamp. She picked it up and rubbed it, and lo and behold, a genie appeared. The amazed woman asked if she was going to receive the usual three wishes. The genie said, nope, due to inflation, constant downsizing, low wages in developing countries, fierce global competition, I can only grant you one wish. So what'll it be? Well, the woman didn't hesitate. She said, I want peace in the Middle East. See this map? I want these countries to quit fighting with one another. The genie looked at the map and said, Gad, Zooks, lady, these countries have been at war for thousands of years. I'm good, but I'm not that good. I don't think it can be done. Make another wish. The woman thought for a minute, thought and said, well... I've never been able to find the right partner. You know, one that's considerate and fun, likes to cook and helps with stuff at home, who treats me well, who gets along with my family, who doesn't watch sports all the time, and is faithful. That's what I wish for, a good mate. The genie let out a long sigh and said, okay, you win. Let me look again at that map of the Middle East. Issues of peace weigh upon us. Almost every conversation I have with people, I see this uneasiness that is palatable at this time of year. People battling an illness or family drama. Students who struggle at school. Companies making tough decisions about their future. I hear all sorts of stories about people here locally about our political climate, about local initiatives and issues, and, and well, we know what's going on nationally, and quite frankly, it's all rather disturbing. There really isn't much peace, and we feel its absence. Parts of our lives right now have us imagining all sorts of scenarios where sometimes we imagine... Yes, we are going to be okay. And then at other times our brain goes into survival mode where fear dictates to us what we're going to think. And when we live in the presence of fear, we don't know if we're going to be the ones eventually included or the ones excluded. How are we going to make sense of life as our world is presented to us in this day? Early Christians felt the same way, the exact same way. Some think that this part of John's gospel we hear today was written at a time when the Christian community, who often met in house churches, when the Christian community began being separated from the larger bodies of those who worshipped in synagogues. This wasn't mostly by choice. They were purposely excluded from the fellowship of others. Expulsion was painful. Life at the local level was tough. And it went further because the people of the Roman Empire were still a long way off 
from establishing any sense of inclusion for the Christian community. The Christians were still very much people on the margins, living in a hostile world, badly, badly needing peace. But the world wasn't offering them any peace at all, only struggle, troubled hearts, and fear. So this part of John's gospel, this story from John's gospel emerges, one where Jesus tells the disciples that God will make a home with them. He invites them to listen to what he is saying, to not forget, but to listen and to receive his peace. There's another aspect of this story too, and that's where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls the Spirit the advocate or the counselor. In the next service, our Spanish translation calls it, uses the word defensor, the defender, like a defense attorney. But what we imagine the Spirit to be, oftentimes you'll hear sermons where we use words like a presence that stays with us, that walks with us, a presence that guides us or comforts us or strengthens us. And that's all true. But what we're not realizing is that the main function of the Holy Spirit, as this reading tells us, is to teach us and to remind us all about Jesus. To teach and to remind. The teaching presence of Jesus is promised to be with us forever. Now let me take a step back for a second and change course. You'll see in a minute where I'm going. The psalm we have for today, Psalm 67, goes hand in hand with the ideas I've been presenting. The writer asks God's face to shine upon us, that your way may be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Later we hear, you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. God's guidance, God's blessing, God's restoration of the community, of the Hebrew community, of the Christian community, of our community at Trinity. It's inseparable from that of the world. The lack of peace in our world has nothing to do with the lack of God trying to build bridges. Because even in a text easily written a thousand years before the time of Jesus. God is bringing people together and showing no partiality. The concept of exclusion or inclusion, who is in and who is out, is being removed from the ways of the Holy One. Because before God, all people are God's people. And we're God's people too. The peace of God is badly needed among the people of God. Where do we go to look for peace? Richard Mao, who's the former dean of Fuller Seminary, looks at it this way. My own hunch is that God has provided us with a rich storehouse of diverse images about our current life and the life that is to come. All of them hints in the direction of something that is beyond our present comprehension so that we can be free to draw on one or another of them as a particular situation in our life may require. 
According to Richard Mount, we have to look within. What has your life been like so far? Where or when have you felt guided? When you've experienced peace, what were the qualities of it? Was there ever a time that you could offer this sense of peace to someone else? What happened then? Now that's one way. But I think we're asked, we're tasked to go further today. We live in a chaotic time where the peace of Christ is really the only thing that will heal. The only thing that will build bridges. The only thing that's going to restore us to our best selves. If we are being serious, if we are to be serious about being people who live as followers of Jesus, as followers of God actually living and dwelling and acting and teaching and healing and loving us, we have to practice peace. We have to practice peace. I wrote about this in our e-blast this week, but it bears repeating. Our Bishop Kirk Smith had a brilliant idea about what we're really saying when we pass the peace in our Sunday service. For those of you who might be new here, we'll be doing this in a few minutes. Typically, at Trinity, people pass the peace by exchanging a hug or a handshake or a bow or some other similar gesture and saying, peace be with you, or the peace of Christ be with you. But today, since Jesus is specifically asking for our intentionality in offering peace to one another and to the world, we need to practice peace. And I'd like you to extend your gesture by saying something a bit more intentional, like, whatever's giving you a heavy heart, may Christ's peace be with you. Or, May the peace of Christ within me strengthen the peace of Christ within you. Or something shorter like, may you see and experience the peace of Christ today. The intention for us is to get used to this and to get serious about being Christ's peacemakers and peace sharers in the world. Faithfulness in this type of human action will lead us to a first-hand experience of the divine dwelling within us. We can invite others into that practical path of sharing the peace of Jesus. We are making real the living presence and love of God for another person. The great thing about this is this is doable and it's badly, badly needed in the world. We don't have to have all of our beliefs completely figured out either. This is practical. And it's restorative for humanity. So when we feel the absence of peace in our lives, we practice peace. When we see our friends suffering, anxious, hopeless, needing our support, we go to them and we practice peace. When we see a stranger who's clearly down and out on his luck, what do we do? We figure out somehow to practice peace. Jesus came into a fractured and hurting world. And as we're taught today, the Holy Spirit continues to call us into new paths of righteousness and truth. Places where we are continually taught 
how to be followers of Jesus in our present day. There's no going back to old ways of excluding or including. We are all included. Christ has shared his peace with us. And we're called to share Christ and his peace with others. How are we going to make sense of our life as our world is presented to us in this day? For now and for always, we'll practice peace.